Hey friend, this is Shelby, host of the Resilient Podcast. I believe that every woman should have what she needs to feel confident. Each experience looks different, but that doesn't mean we have to be alone. What if as women, we came together and had real conversations that strengthened each other to go deeper with God and go further in life? I don't know about you, but that's what I'm here for. Let's do this together. Hello, and welcome back to the Resilient Podcast. Uh, This is Shelby here, and I have a special guest with me today, my friend Hannah Cusack-Cowart. And she and I met, oh, it must have been three years ago, maybe even four years ago now. Um, uh, But yeah, she came to our ministry with her sister, and um, she accompanied her on her first trip, her second trip. You spoke at one of our conferences. And... um, We had some amazing conversations during that time and uh, just really powerful conversations about women and uh, singleness and dating and relationships. And so I thought it'd be super fun to have you with us today on the podcast to share a little bit about that. Um, But yeah, Hannah is on uh, on staff where she pastors with her husband at um, uh, the church, church of all or church for all nations. Is that right? Yeah. And um yeah, and so we're just blessed to have you with us today. Um so yeah, we want to just take a little time here and get to know you a little bit more. Um do you want to just introduce yourself and just share a little bit about your family? Absolutely. Thank you so much first of all Shelby for having me. I love any opportunity to just encourage people and even if it's just one that gets anything out of what we talk about today, it's so worth it. So yeah, like you said, I pastor alongside my husband, David, uh, at Church for All Nations in Colorado Springs. Uh, I was born and raised in Texas, but I've lived in Colorado for 13 years and just love it. It's a wonderful, beautiful place to live. And yeah, love CFAN, love leading at CFAN, you know, just really doing life with people. It's an amazing community of believers and helping to lead that team, uh, love, love that team. And also we, we serve alongside his parents who have pastored CFAN his entire life. So mm. 34 years, um, wow. they've been the lead pastors of that, that same church. And I have the utmost respect for them mm. and just all the ways that God has used them in this city and is continuing to do so and just the opportunity to do it alongside of them. Yeah, I bet you've learned so much from that experience that they carry uh, through pastoring for that long, right? They've probably seen so much. And yeah, that's like a blessing to be able to learn from that for sure. And just the faithfulness. I mean, it's just their faithfulness is just like the daily willingness to do what God's asking you to do. And when that adds up to 34, 35 years and you get to look back on your life, to me, that that is remarkable, and so mm-hmm. I just I love uh, being able to learn and grow, and 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 they're so empowering too. I mean, yeah. they're just like um, they're just really wonderful to be able to mm-hmm. to do that alongside, and That's really um, awesome. especially I never like I didn't grow up in ministry. I never mm-hmm. thought I would be in ministry, yeah. uh, but God had other plans, and mm-hmm. so um, just being able to look at it from different perspectives and, and just learn and grow in an environment where you're allowed to do that is, is a gift. And so we recognize it as such. 
That's really cool. I always forget also that you're from Texas because you don't like your your southern drawl has like completely worn off. Do you ever hear? I that? never had one. I never oh, you really, really had didn't. one. No, my mom would not allow us to. Oh, she wow. said, "No, that's not how you pronounce that word." Like she's oh. she is very intellectual, and so she just would not allow us to. Um, to say things with any kind of accent. So I don't think, I mean, I think there's certain words that when I would say them, you might hear it, but uh, for the most part, no, I have never had an accent, but I love them. I honestly, (laughs) totally. That's so awesome. And so then you and David, how long have you guys been married now? We are going on six years. Okay. And then you have a daughter. Her name is Clara, right? Yes. And how old is she? She will be two on July 18th. Wow. Yeah. That time has flown. Yeah. That's so crazy. Because, yeah, I remember when you had her here with you. And how old? She must have been less than a year old then at that point. Oh, oh yeah. She was like eight months, I think. And when we first met, I was pregnant with her. I was oh, like yeah. 19 or 20 weeks That's pregnant with right. her. <laughs> So crazy. I, yeah. And then I just remember she was so sweet when she was here and so like chill and easygoing. And I was like, Lord, let my daughter be like that. Cause my Esther was yeah. so little when you brought her. And Esther's actually reminds me a lot of Clara in some ways. Like Good. she's very like go with the flow and like adjust to like my crazy lifestyle, which yes. <laughs> or knew I needed. So um yeah, I just remember that. I was like, wow, she is so easygoing and like amazing yeah. little girl. But she's super she's sweet. Been, she's been wonderful. We'll yeah. talk about more about her later. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so we wanted to talk specifically about your story, um, you and David's story. Um, I know you were single for a longer time and, and then you had quite like a process of even getting to know David and then ending up together. Um, so yeah, I would love to have you just share that. Uh, cause I think that story is just so powerful and there's so much to be learned throughout. So could you share some of, uh, how that all started? Absolutely. And I am passionate about, talking about singleness, um, but not as this far off uh, thought, but more so because I lived it. And I, I remember one of the times that I was actually fasting for my husband and the Lord didn't talk to me about my husband. All Mm. he said was, will you forget about them? And I was like, Mm. what? Lord, what are you talking about? And I felt like he meant, will you forget about like, you know, once I bring along your spouse, will you forget about those that need uh, mm. a word and need encouragement and need to know that I I see every detail of their life, and that has stuck with me so clearly. And I remember saying, "No, I won't." Partly because I thought then he'd start talking to me about my <laughs> <laughs> like I agree, <laughs> but he didn't. But actually. Uh, I really just said, no, I won't forget about them. And that's, and that is something that, you know, being single all throughout my twenties and I never dated until I dated David, not because I thought anything was wrong with dating. Um, but I just got to witness a lot of, uh, my friends and sisters who dated and I never really saw any fruit that, that Mm. I was interested in. You know, I I just kind of, it didn't make sense to me, like why I would kind of go through that process of heartache, heartbreak over and over again. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so just staying, uh, I was just single, you know, and it wasn't, Mm -hmm. um, 
it wasn't my own doing. It just was like, I knew God was going to be specific with mm-hmm. me. You know, I knew God from a young age and I know that he, he has something specific in mind for us. Mm-hmm. You know, the word talks about in Matthew, how he, he cares about the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. How much more does mm-hmm. he care about us? Mm-hmm. And that was always at the forefront of my mind. And I, I just knew even all throughout my adult life, like I just knew that living a, a life where God was clearly directing me was possible. And mm-hmm. that yes, it would require um, willingness. And yes, it requires uh, us to kind of like die to ourselves in some ways, if we're actually going to mm-hmm. be obedient to that. But just mm-hmm. having lived that life, like praying uh, mm-hmm. this prayer, that's out of Psalms of like, lead me and guide me along the best pathway for my life, counsel me and watch over mm-hmm. me. And, mm-hmm. and, and just praying that because it, it, it encompasses a lot to say that to God, like, uh, there is a best best pathway for my life. I know you're leading me on that. I know you're you're counseling me and guiding me on that. So that was really my twenties, and it wasn't easy. I mean, mm-hmm. no no waiting season is easy, and I think that's something yeah. that I've also learned that is so valuable. It's not waiting is not just a singleness thing. It is mm-hmm. we're going to face off with the opportunity to wait in every mm-hmm. single season. What yeah. I think what I think singleness does is it actually gives us ample opportunity to master that, to master mm. some other things as well, but to really master waiting and, and just leaning into that and trusting God with his timing around our life. So that mm. when we go into other seasons where the stakes are perhaps higher, that we've already, we've already dis- been disciplined in that way. And, mm-hmm. um, and God's with us in that, you know, he also doesn't want us to just be uh, robots. Like it's, I yeah. remember all throughout my twenties of seeing friends get married and feeling like other people's lives uh, were advancing, but mine was just on pause and mm. really, uh, really pouring my heart out to God. Usually it was like in the car on the way home from work, like crying yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and crying out to God. And, but at the end of those prayers, really saying, but not my will, God, I want your will. They, mm. your ways are higher than mine and your thoughts are higher. And I'm willing to submit myself to that. I'm not asking for something outside of your timing. And I think that's something that's very important uh, mm-hmm. as it pertains to a single season. Um, yeah. Well, and I think that's really beautiful, even um, recognizing that the tools developed in that time of singleness and waiting are not just so like, okay, I developed those tools, check it off my list, move on. Like those will be used throughout the rest of your life. Um, whether it be in marriage or with kids or maybe even neither of those things, but there are so many things developed in that time that it, it is not wasted and it's not, um, just like, oh yeah, I did that. Check it off the list, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's so valuable to even recognize that because, yeah, there's going to be seasons of waiting or things that we're waiting for throughout our lives, but it really, it it can, if we allow it, singleness can help us shape uh, that season of waiting in a healthy way. Um, Yeah, that's really cool. And then, so you got married at, how old were you when you got married? Uh, I was 31. Okay. So all through your twenties and then you and your sister, Julie, uh, were really close and she got married super young, right? Yeah. 19. Yeah. So then how was, that like, was that difficult for you in that process? Like 
because I know you said you had family or friends that were in that and you felt like your life was on pause. And I think there's a lot of women out there that may be walking through that same thing going, oh, yeah, I feel like these people who are close to me, they're getting all these things that they want and I'm not, or um, I feel lonely. Like, how did you work through that specifically? Like the loneliness piece of that? Yeah, it definitely was challenging to uh, see Julie and then, you know, other people um, and, and not just see it, but have to like stand with them and celebrate mm-hmm. it and truly have to work that out in my own heart because I wanted to be genuine in that. And uh, not just go through the motions. Um, But yeah, I'm six years older than Julie. And Mm. she got married when she was 19. And then started having babies shortly after. And so Mm -hmm. it did. It was like right there in my face. But instead of resenting it, and you know, really, actually, um, some of my closest friends, their younger sisters got married before them, or Mm. younger siblings got married before them. And we would always joke and say, oh, we chose career, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> acting like somehow we had deliberately like chosen yeah. to put our, our career first. And, yeah. um, and, and they were just deciding to get married, but really it, it was, um, and we knew it was a joke. We would laugh about yeah. it, but, um, but, but being willing to celebrate hmm. and see them come into that season in, in its fullness and also realize I have something to contribute to this. So mm. when it came to time to plan her wedding, um, it was like I had all my own ideas for a wedding. And mm. I just felt the the Lord say, pour that out, like pour out all that energy that you have um, that you would like to reserve for you and your big day, like pour mm. that out and lavish that on her mm. because when it is time, it'll, it'll be back. It'll be there in, in multiplied measure. So don't Mm. hold back just because you think, oh, great things are happening in their life. And if I contribute, then it's somehow taking away from me. It's not at all. And I remember encouraging my other friends when their siblings got married with that same thing. And it Mm -hmm. kind of bringing a freedom and a joy to it of like, oh, this isn't deducting you know, from my ideas of Mm -hmm. what's going to happen when it is my, my time to get married. And it certainly Mm -hmm. didn't at all. Um, and just walking that, that out with her, even as she began to have kids being able to serve their family. Um, cause when you're single, honestly, I always say like one of your greatest commodities, um, as a single person is your time. And you really Mm, can, you can lavish that. I'm telling you, I did not realize that until I did get married and it was like, wait, I can't spend two hours at the gym. Like, yeah, like you think that you're busy and then you get married and then you still think you're busy and then you have a child and you're like, I was never busy. Like I wasted so much time. Yeah. Like compounds, but yeah, yeah, just thinking that you have time to really come alongside people and bless their life in, in a tangible way that will change their life, you know, being able to be at their home and, and they had been her and her husband, Addison. So, um, loving to me. And I think this is a word for married people as well. Like make your home open and available to that, that person Mm -hmm. who who's unmarried, who's yet to get married so that they can just live life alongside of you to some degree, you know, just witnessing your marriage, helping, you know, like I would help bathe their kids and, and, you know, do the whole nighttime routine. And those are my nieces and nephews. So I loved that season, but it was funny when I finally started dating David, they were like, 
we finally realize why this year feels so hard. It's because <laughs> <laughs> we're missing our third parent. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, wait, we're, we're missing another set of hands here. Like, what happened? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's and so fun. I think it's also when you're going, you know, going to other people's weddings or seeing people um, connect with, with someone and they start dating them. It brings, it like brings up those feelings of being left behind, like fresh, Mm -hmm. like it's just, Mm -hmm. it's, um, you can't really get around that. But something that I have found, and this is just kind of, um, has to do with the entirety of like how to do waiting and singleness well is to face off with the thing that's nagging at your mind. And I I think Mm -hmm. that's the enemy. I also think that that's just what society kind of puts on us as pressure of these check marks of like, why haven't you checked this box? And we have to face off with what does my life actually look like, even though I haven't checked those boxes, you Mm. know, and and really recognize the value in the life that we have right now. Mm. And when I say face off, I'm saying face off with the thing. For me, it was like, I'm going to be a cat lady, you know? Mm. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like it sounds the worst fear. Yeah. It sounds so ridiculous, but to be like, and what's wrong with that? You know, like look it in the face and just say, I'm not afraid of going through life and not having a spouse. If that's not God's plan for me, Mm -hmm. we, you have to be willing to just come to terms with it where you're not saying, God, I think you're holding out on me, but instead we're just saying, God, here is what I'm believing you for but I'm also not acting like you owe me something, but instead like you want this to happen. If you want me to have a spouse, you have your eye on him. You know exactly where Mm -hmm. he is, you know? And, um, and I had been told the whole list of like, and people are well-meaning, like they'll tell you you're to this or you're to that, or you just need to put yourself out there and in this way or that way. Or my granny even once told me, uh, that my husband had died in the war. Like, she, <laughs> oh my God. Oh she did did, can we add, right? Like just throw that in the mix. Yeah. She didn't specifically say which war, but you know, it was like, you have to face off with it and be like, God, this is in your hands. And especially as people will, will try to add their input which can be confusing at times. Um, coming back to him as the source is is going to be uh, the the light that really guides you on that path. Mm-hmm. Well, and even like you had mentioned, while waiting for a husband, it doesn't mean like even the rest of your life has to wait. Like, and I know um, from even you sharing with me other times, you really did pursue your dreams in that mm-hmm. season. So what did that look like for you in like, cause I know a lot of women, uh, oftentimes will wait, like even to pursue passions of theirs or their dreams or desires, cause they're waiting for a husband to start their life in a, in a sense. How did you go about that process of like, no, I'm actually going to go after the things I'm passionate about. How did you do that? Yeah. And I would say the source of that again was just like bringing that to the Lord. It wasn't, and I would say, I agree. I fully agree. Your life is not on hold. And so if you're seeking God, if you're asking if God, should I buy this home? Um, Mm -hmm. you need to listen to him. You don't need to listen to, uh, your own thinking to be like, Oh, well, maybe I need to wait until Mm -hmm. I have a spouse or he might mean for you to buy a home and 
to fill it with roommates that you're going to be able to pour into and disciple and bless uh, in that season. And then that will be a great home for you and your husband to live in or, you know, just being led by him in in those things that we would typically think we have to hold off on until Mm -hmm. that comes about or traveling, seeing different parts of the world, uh, going Mm -hmm. on different uh, missions trips and outreaches, you know, that we would uh, not put those things on pause, but, but also that the motivation would come from the Holy Spirit and not from Mm -hmm. just thinking like, Oh, all my money is mine. So I'm just going to go do whatever I want or, uh, like, Oh, I'm, I'm done waiting. So I'm just going to go do all these things. Exactly. That it's more so from that place of God does not see your life as on hold and he's going to, he is advancing your life even mm-hmm. though in some ways it does feel like nothing's happening, things mm-hmm. are still happening. I think back to those times where I was crying out to God um, that things were happening, even though the things that I wanted to specifically happen weren't happening in that time frame. He mm-hmm. was still very much at work in my life and, mm-hmm. and he was bringing great friendships, you know, cultivating friendships, being able to pour into my family uh, in a way that's different than you can't when you're, when you have a spouse, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, again, that comes back to the time and the resources to, to like fly home and paint, paint my mom's whole house over a weekend, you know, yeah. like I can't even fathom being able to do that, do right that now. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would almost seem like a luxury, but mm-hmm. when, when I was in that season and, and so I, I also would say you want to be able, if, if, if it's in God's plan for you to be married, you want to be able to look back on that single season um, and be thankful for it and be, mm. uh, be proud of what you did and what you mm-hmm. accomplished. I always say, be, be that list that you have. Like if you have a mm-hmm. list of what you hope for in a spouse, then you need to be cultivating those same things in your own life. Uh, yeah. that, that you're wise with, with your money, that you're, you love the Lord, that he's your source mm-hmm. for everything, that you're clean, that you're, you're working out, you know, I yeah. think it's, it's very important and can be distilled down to little things. But when you get to look back on that season, it's like, you know what, I lived that to the fullest in all the right ways and not mm-hmm. in just selfish ways. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Um, so then in that, um, did you have like, even in that season, did you have different guys want to pursue you? And then obviously eventually David did, what did that look like? Or even with guys that did want to pursue you, how did you know, like, Oh no, this isn't right. Or, uh, no, I'm not gonna, this isn't the right relationship. Or how did you go about that? Yeah, it was pretty cut and dry for me. I mean, there were certainly guys that were interested in me and I was interested in, um, but it never was something where I was just like, Oh, this is the guy for me. You know, it was just, Mm -hmm. it never, I was still waiting for God, um, to really give me clear direction, but it was also interesting. I think when we, people wrestle a lot with, um, like when things end abruptly, but sometimes that's just the Lord, like closing a door Mm -hmm. on something that's not meant to be. I'm not trying to downplay the, heartbreak that comes with that. But sometimes it is just the Lord saying like, I'm, I'm like, especially if you're asking him to like God lead and guide me, all those things I just said that as we do that, 
he might close the door on something that you thought mm-hmm. was a really good thing, but actually wasn't his best mm-hmm. for your life. And so just allowing that to happen. But David, um, David liked me like six years before we actually started dating. We had just met. Um, actually, I was, the ministry I worked for was doing an event at CFAN where he, of course, worked. And um, we just met in passing. And I was fiercely independent as well mm-hmm. in my 20s. So it was just like, um, I was not like thinking anything of it. And yeah. Um, and then fast forward a few years and our roommates ended up getting married and they like had a your roommates. Yes. Yeah, so oh. we, we didn't all live together. Well, like my, um, one of yeah, my yeah. best friends and then his, one of his good friends that he lived with ended oh, up that's marrying so one of my good friends. And so the wedding was like a destination wedding in Florida and we go there and he's thinking like, okay, this is my final last ditch effort. Because he had get, tried over the the years before that, yeah, uh, and you would just shut it down, or how, how would you like? What would happen? Um, yeah, I mean, I would just be pretty. It wasn't like I would be rude. I would just be yeah. kind of like, okay, that's nice, you know. And David, I always read David as being very like quiet and passive, and so I thought like, there's no way that this guy and I could be compatible. Yeah. And yeah, that is a word to my sisters, like be open to what the Lord would bring into your life. That's why it it does have to be so directed by the Lord. I would never have known that David was what I needed in a spouse and he's exactly what I needed in a spouse, but I would never have known. Yeah. So then in that you would, you were kind of like, um, like avoiding it or just like, yeah, no, this is uh, clearly not the guy for me. Like (laughs) he's nice, but that's it. Like, Exactly. In that that time. I did. And so we're in the wedding, you know, nothing comes of it. It's just like, I'm still in my like singleness, uh, independent zone. And that was like, I remember, cause I remember when you'd shared this with me, even like your sister, Julie had been there and she was like, yeah, there were others of us at the wedding. And David had clearly been like working out and like working his way up to this wedding, like knowing yes. like this could be my chance. And you still were kind of like oblivious to it. Like, yeah. oh yeah, whatever. And everyone else was like, no girl, like look at him. He's great. <laughs> they were, they were actually Julie and my other sister, another of my sisters, Ada was there and they were both like, what is Hannah's problem? And he had, he had like worked out like twice a day leading up to this. He was all tan. I mean, not that I remember, and like had gotten a whole new wardrobe. And so he had really, I'm not even kidding when I say this was like his, like, okay, God, if this is happening, this is the last shot. And so he came back from that trip. It was the summer of 2013. He came back from that trip and was just like, okay, that ship has sailed. This will never happen. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward um, to December of that same year, I just felt something changing in my heart. It was like the Lord was preparing me, not specifically towards David, just in general, it was just, I, I could just feel it like something is shifting. And then I started a 21 day fast at the beginning of, um, 2014 in January. And it wasn't about my husband. It was just, um, about the year. And on the Mm -hmm. first day of that fast, I sat down at my computer at work and I felt the Holy spirit just as clearly 
as I knew that he would speak to me, say, you need to get to know David. Wow. And I was like, okay. You're like after this like long process of no, no, no. Like, Lord, now you're going to tell me this. Yeah. Well, and I had never asked him to be quite honest. I had just been like, no, you know, I had made my own judgment call on what I thought he was like. And that's why I love that, that he said that the Lord said, you need to get to know him. He didn't say, this is the man you're going to marry and you're going to do ministry and, and blah, blah, blah. It was like, you think you know him, but you don't. And so I just need you to trust me in this process Mm -hmm. of getting to know him. And that's what the rest of that year proceeded to be was, Mm -hmm. which was very hard for me at first because it was um, so new in, I was so independent. Like I remember Mm -hmm. saying to him one day at lunch, I said, David, I don't have parents that think I need to get married. Like, I don't have a dad that thinks I need to be married. Like he did it. Mm-hmm. My dad did not think that and yeah. they never would ask me. They were not the parents that were like, when are you getting married? And, you. No. And I'm so thankful for that. But it was also like my independence was trying to say to him, like, I don't need you. And I need you mm-hmm. to know that, you know, so the yeah, like, process, you know, <laughs> I don't the need pro- you. Yeah. The process of like walking that out, which was for a few months of walking it out and just getting to know him and getting to see uh, like who he truly was, was a beautiful process, which then mm-hmm. of course led to us beginning to date. And um, yeah, and it, it was pretty quick. It was like, uh, we started dating at the end of March officially. Then he asked my dad if he could marry me mm-hmm. in July. And we had talked about getting married in June. And then he asked my dad about marrying me in July we got engaged in August. And then when we prayed about when we were supposed to get married, uh, we felt like the Lord said New Year's Eve because I want the aunt. Yeah. He said, I want the anthem of your wedding to be, look what God can do in a year mm-hmm. where we started that year with no knowledge that that would be the year yeah. that we actually got married. Yeah, And, and that's been a beautiful thing just to have seen Remember. that. Yeah, play out like that. And for God Mm -hmm. to be like, you don't know what's just up ahead. And that's why I I encourage you just to trust me in this Mm -hmm. and to live today to the fullest and to know that today is the gift. And it's what you what you need is found in today. You don't Mm -hmm. need to worry about tomorrow or to compare your life to other people. Mm. So then even in that, like when you because you'd kind of shut it down for a while. Then, then did you reach out to David then? And was he pretty shocked or like, what was it's like, he's like, what? I just put all my cards on the table. And now oh yeah, what was that like? Oh, he was so shocked. He, um, that's such a good point to make because it was, it was like, once the Holy spirit said that, um, I knew who he was talking about. It wasn't like I could be like, wait, who do you mean? And so I, yeah, I reached out to him and asked to have coffee and, and I'm just very straight to the point. So when he gets there, I just say, you know, a few years ago, you asked to get to know me. And I said, no, at the time, but if you're still interested, I'd like to get to know you. Mm-hmm. And, um, he just sat there cause David is a processor. Like he has to process, he has to like yeah. research and analyze and all of that. Mm-hmm. And he just stared at me 
so caught off guard. Like he did not think that's what. Not expecting uh, that in the conversation. Not at all. (laughs) Wow. So crazy. Yeah, not at all. And what was cool was it was just, we sat there and talked. And then as he's walking to me to my car, he says, well, when can I see you again? And he was so, I, I, and he'll even say like, I know that the Lord led me in Mm -hmm. how to pursue you because he wasn't like, oh, okay. So she's interested in me now. Green light. And then suffocating me. No, it was like he would only plan things like a week out Mm. and he wouldn't like text me or try to call me or anything in between. And I'm telling you, that was so the Lord leading him because Mm. I can, I can remember the moment when I missed him for the first time. Mm -hmm. Like who can say that? Like I remember the moment because he would give that space. It was like, Mm -hmm. I'll again but I'm not going to just try and like be in your life in Mm -hmm. and out every single day. And I think there's such a beauty to that discovery of like, I remember that moment so clearly and just uh, that God's wanting that for us along the journey. Mm -hmm. How was that? Um, Cause like, even in that, I think it's so like, because I I've been in ministry uh, with, a lot of single women and at different points um, I have seen and and women will even say like, oh, not that guy or I could never be with that guy. or um, And so we've talked a lot about that of like giving a man a chance, like if he's willing to pursue you, obviously, if he loves the Lord, like there's obviously those non-negotiable things. But um, what advice would you give to women on that? Because it, like even from your story, it shows that like, um, yeah, you, it's worth allowing even a guy to, to get to know you. And like, what would you advice would you give to a women, single women who are maybe, uh, struggling with maybe not giving guys a chance or specific guys a chance? Yeah. I would say again, like be led by the Lord. Cause David will also say, you know, he's so grateful for the timing, even mm. though he was ready, you know, to, to go with this relationship six years earlier, mm-hmm. he would have, he said, I would have messed it up. Like if you Mm -hmm. had returned those feelings and we had tried to date earlier, um, he just wasn't in a place in his life where he was ready to be in a relationship with me and and it to have led to something um, that we would have both been hoping for. And so I think um, you do like if I I would say, because that's something that's hard, especially like in communities of believers that can get really complicated really fast. Yeah. is uh, like dating circles. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's totally. where both, both parties need to really be hearing from the Lord. And mm-hmm. if he's saying no, like stick to that, even if you're feeling a chemistry and, yeah. and you want to move forward with it. But also if he's saying yes, and you're kind of like, I don't know, you know, that you're just saying, let's get to know one another. Like, let, let's not just immediately go to that place of like, oh, we're dating or we're this or we're that, or we're rushing into something, but instead that there's room to go out on a, go out to a dinner where it's not like I'm trying to make you my girlfriend or my boyfriend, but instead I'm just trying to get to know you better because people are different in, um, they are like, we all know that about ourselves. Like no one's actually going to truly get to know me in a big group setting. I think doing mm-hmm. group things and doing things in groups, but I also think there's uh, there's value in if you're wanting to get to know someone 
that, that you have some time um, over mm-hmm. a meal to talk. And that wasn't even right away. I mean, yeah. that was like a month and a half or two months of consistency where mm-hmm. I finally found myself actually like talking about my family and talking about real things with David. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not always going to end up where, oh yeah, this is my spouse, but there's still value in it where you mm-hmm. can both come to a place as mature adults to say, I don't think that, you know, I don't think this is going anywhere and be willing to yeah. accept that. And mm-hmm. it not have been like, we've gotten physical or we've played with each other's hearts in yeah. any way, but instead like we were willing to go on this journey. And if it, if it doesn't end up where, okay, yes, you're my spouse, that that's mm-hmm. okay too. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of nuances to that as well, but I think there is a willingness in being able to say, okay, God, I'm willing. Sometimes God just needs our willingness, you know, yeah. like God, if there's something here that I'm not seeing, I pray that you would just lead me. Uh, and I am willing. Mm-hmm. And, um, but again, I think the flip side of that is you're not trying to make something happen where it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I see this person and they're good enough. So I'm just going to kind of go with that, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's not one or the other, really. It's not like lowering your standards or, um, making sure you have high enough standards. It's really just being sensitive to the Lord Mm -hmm. in every relationship. And I think you touched on a really important piece in that of like, um, keeping the physical out of it too. It doesn't taint it or make it confusing. So then if you do give space to one another to get to know each other, you're not muddying the waters or uh, toying with each other's emotions and and physical bodies and, and really hurting each other. Like you could, yeah, maybe for one person, it might hurt more than the other in stepping away. But if you've just started getting to know each other intentionally without all those other pieces involved, it's so much more of like a mature, like, Hey, if this is not going to work, we're going to just step away from it. And it does remove those more complicated pieces that I think in our world of dating now are such like a piece of getting to know each other and that complicates things and it breaks down and that causes, I think even more confusion in the midst of trying to find your spouse or seeing, is this going to go anywhere? Right. Um, And that's a great podcast of its own uh, for future, because I think that's so misunderstood. mm. Like why, why, uh, purity, if you will, is such an important part of actually this being a healthy process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just been, especially in like communities of believers, it's been undersold as mm-hmm. like, well, this is just something that we do and it'll just help yeah. your life go better. But really it's a tool to be used. Um, and when you introduce it in the wrong timing, like it, it'll just add so much confusion. Like Mm -hmm. that's what we see, like good luck trying to find your way out of that because you've just added uh, fuel to this fire that you're trying to find your way out of. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't, I mean, it's certainly, it's so important that that be a part of um, the willingness to, Mm -hmm. to get to know someone that you potentially wouldn't have considered. Cause I think Mm -hmm. that's also something that's been, um, I don't know. It hasn't been taught in its fullness of like, if I'm not immediately interested in this person, then does that mean that I'm settling if I'm willing Mm -hmm. to get to know them? And I would argue that's not the case. 
Yeah. You know? But also, if it's not the Lord leading you into it, don't just like want it so badly that you're going to be willing to to enter into that relationship. Yeah. Or potentially going to be married. The Lord yeah. Is speaking. yeah. Or give up some of the things that are what the Lord maybe did have for you in, in someone else or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think that even that piece that you shared just now is so powerful of like, even for you, like recognizing like, no, I'm not settling. This is, and I'm, I think when you had told me this before you had touched on like how David is over and above like what you could dream of in a husband. And it's not like you, oh yeah, I settled for this nice guy. It's like you gave him a chance to get to know him and you found, you uncovered who he really was, which was like more than you could have any, anyone you could have picked for yourself. Um, and I remember you sharing that, um, and just how powerful that is too. And I think that is so important that it's not just like, if I'm getting to know someone, I'm settling for less than I deserve or what I wanted. Um, right. Cause you actually don't know to the fullness of what you need in a spouse mm -hmm. because you don't know what's on the other side of marriage. Yeah. And just to allow God to be such a huge part of that because he is, I, I love being able to be in marriage and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I did not make this happen. Mm -hmm. And that David was, is exactly what I need in a spouse and mm -hmm. I'm exactly what he needs. And wow. only God can do that. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so powerful. That's so cool. Well, I think um, we'll wrap this podcast up, but do you have anything you would like to like any final thoughts for women on singleness and on that dating season that you'd like to leave listeners with? Absolutely. I would just say be encouraged because God has not forgotten about you. And my prayer for you is that you and the man that God intends for you to marry would be in the right place at the mm -hmm. right time. And so you don't have to go into every environment, craning your neck to see who is there so that you don't mm -hmm. miss him. God has uh, already planned when, when you guys will come together and when you will meet and that you can just have peace in that. And mm. he wants to use your life right now to encourage others in that place as well. And to also just be at rest, face off with the thing that, that would make you um, so fearful of what mm. it might look like to live tomorrow single and just say, yeah. God, I just welcome you into this place that's trying to um, even cripple me to some mm. degree of like, I can't move forward in my life because he has so much more for you in this season. And again, you are, you are sharpening things right now in this season that you will need for the rest of your life. Hmm. Well, that's really good. Thank you so much. I, I think the biggest thing I am taking away from this conversation is just that, um, being sensitive to the Lord in singleness and dating. And then obviously that translates into marriage, which we're going to talk more about that with you too. Um, but as a whole, I think that just really moves into that whole um, being sensitive to the Lord. It's not a this way or that way or cut and dry path that you have paved out before you. It really is like timing, uh, the right person, um, all of that co goes into like, okay, Lord, what do you have for me right now? I want to be sensitive and let you lead me. So yeah, thanks so much for sharing. That was really beautiful. I love your story. I love um, just the wisdom that you bring with that. So thank you, Hannah. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
Thanks for hanging out today. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. I also want to let you know that I've written an ebook called Refreshing Your Prayer Life. This is a tool that I'd love for you to have access to. You can download this free ebook by following the link in the episode notes below. Let's chat again soon.